This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. And away we go. It's a week three recap. I'm Danny Mack, and thank you for giving me some time today. I'm so glad you've decided to do that. I'm going to promise you this much. For the next 30 to 35 minutes, not sure how long they're going to run. I never have any idea. I have six or eight pages of notes typically, but I, I can promise you this much. And whatever happens, there will be no bad telephone calls on this podcast mercy. I I was in my vehicle for all of 20 minutes this morning, and I am full for the week on telephone calls from, um, from the 90 percenters, the people who sit on the sidelines and just jeer while 10% of the world roll up their sleeves and try to make a difference. Uh, so we're call-free today. And we have tons, of course, I have tons for you on the Bears in that exciting win over the Texans yesterday. And yes, I am going to use the adjective exciting. That game was never dull. You got to say that for two of the worst teams in the NFL. It never got dull yesterday. Um, Not even an Andrew Catalan play-by-play description for CBS with the um, very vanilla James Lofton in the sidecar. Not even that sullied the excitement. Uh, and you had a, a, a big-time white hat in Cleek, uh, Cleek Blakeman. He's blown the whistle in Super Bowls. So, uh, yeah, it was a complete package yesterday. And the turf, the brand-new Bermuda grass, Margot Robbie and Wolf of Wall Street, it held up nicely. And the Soldier Field turf was not an issue. What was an issue? was the second-year quarterback. Oh, boy, where is this thing going? It sure doesn't look good for Justin Fields. I am not among those who are going to tell you definitively he doesn't have it. I can't do that after just a season in three games, but it doesn't look good for the future of the Bears quarterback, and it has nothing to do with Equinemius St. Brown and Byron Pringle uh, being his big targets. Darnell Mooney, he got involved a little bit more yesterday, but that's got nothing to do with that. You're talking about a guy who is struggling to get the ball to wide-open receivers, even on the easy throws even on little swing passes to the running back, no more than 10, 12 yards away from the Bears quarterback. They can't get that done. Yesterday, tripping over 
the running back's feet, not picking his feet up and cleanly getting away from the center. And speaking of the quarterback in the center, how about the very first snap of the game? A harbinger indeed. Sam Mustafer and Fields don't get the exchange made cleanly. And just like that, the Bears are second and 11. Now, they they managed a successful first drive, culminating in a Cairo Santos 47-yard field goal to open a 3 to nothing lead three and a half minutes in. But that's predicated primarily on a Fields 29-yard scramble on third and nine. That was first possession, longest run of Fields' career. But there were so many more negatives than positives with Justin Fields. But before I go any further on that, a big doff of the chapeau to the Bears running game, especially considering David Montgomery goes down on the second Bears possession of the game. That didn't matter. First two series, the Bears rushed for 111 yards. And on the day, They totaled 281 rushing yards, an average of seven yards per carry, 40 attempts, long runs of 52, 41, and 29 splash plays from the Bears offense. And those who chose to be negative at Soldier Field, and I try not to tell, I try not to tell fans how they should feel about something. I'll tell you how you should live your life, but I don't tell you how to feel about things too often. I don't know how you can feel dissatisfied when the running game is going as well as it did yesterday to not have Fields throwing 30 passes so we can get a better handle on how good he's going to be, whether there's massive growth in a new system under an offensive mind as keen as Luke Getzky, Luke Getzies. You go with what's working, what the defense is going to give you, cliche as it is, you hammer that until they prove they can stop it. The Texans never proved they could stop it and told you that on Friday. Houston, like the Bears, um, punching bags when it comes to stopping the run. The Bears were better at it yesterday, but the Bears running game with Khalil Herbert carrying 20 times, he averaged 7.9 yards per carry, a couple of touchdowns, 157 yards. Are you kidding me? Amazing. And that helps you forget about fields and more pedestrian, not even pedestrian. He he longs to be pedestrian after the day he had Sunday, eight out of 17, 106 yards, no touchdown passes, two interceptions. He was sacked five times. That's a rating of 27.7. Yikes. And when a quarterback is consistently the most sacked guy in the in the league or has a lot of games where he's sacked and or hit more than other quarterbacks, that becomes on him. That is not just an offensive line that is breaking down in protection. That's a quarterback not knowing he's got a lot less time than he did as a collegian to get rid of the damn football. Far too much hesitation still 
from fields. Just, uh, just, just not good. And Darnell Mooney yesterday catches two balls for 23 yards, a long of 18. Mooney now has six catches on the year for 27 yards. When you look at the box score, it looks more like you're assessing a baseball box score when it comes to Bears skilled position players other than the running backs. Receptions are like hits. The Bears had three players with multiple hit games yesterday. How about that? All singles, except for Cole Komet's 24-yard reception that went for a first down and uh, kept a drive, kept a drive moving. And the Bears had a couple of good drives yesterday, sustained drives, because they were running the ball effectively. And I never, never would boo a team that is beating the crap out of the opponent on the line of scrimmage and possessing the ball, getting the defense off the field. Remember week week one, Moose Johnson taught me that. Very critical, lip smack, $10. Or was it $5 in Kangaroo Court? Bears win the game 23-20. Cairo Santos kicking the game winner a shorty uh, as as they move to 2-1. And, and, man, the, even though they're 2-1 with a date against the Giants, who are going to play on a short week after playing the Cowboys tonight to put the punctuation on week three, they very well could be a three and one team, but you, you, the concern being more about the future of fields, I get. But some of the things that caused jumping up and down and screaming and disappointment from the team, from its fan base last week in that dreadful loss, way worse than the 27 10 score against the Packers indicated, was tackling and specifically Roquan Smith in his fifth year, playing the last year of that rookie contract, slumming it on $9.7 million. Uh, he may be gone after the season. Now, he's been playing a new position, and I don't think enough people have given him the time it takes to go from the middle to weak side linebacker where he has to cover far more ground and the responsibilities are way different than they are inside. Smith was fabulous yesterday. Uh, the the pick at the end of the game and subsequent winging it into the stands was awesome. He also had a pass defended. He had a couple of tackles for loss. One on the rookie uh, running back uh, Pierce for the uh, for the Titans yesterday. That was a, that was a hell of a play, and that was on first and goal. You get a TFL. You're immediately put pushing him back. That's good stuff, but a new position. And he had six solo tackles in the CBS broadcast. Andrew Catalan says he's got 15 tackles today. Brad Biggs wrote that in the trib. I saw it this morning. He did not. He had six solos. At the college level, at the high school level, you get helmet awards for assists. This isn't that. You, you get credit in the NFL for solo tackles. Don't give me the whole whack with the assist. He had six tackles yesterday. That was tops on the team. Eddie Jackson had five solos and an interception. How about that? You know, when the Bears get an interception, I broke into Swerth. They little with the Bears get an interception. They're unbeaten. When Eddie Jackson gets a pick, they're 12-0 and during his career. 
when he intercepts a pass. He did that yesterday. Now, it was Kendall Vildor, who otherwise had a rough go yesterday, who made the play on a short slant in the end zone. He made a great deflection, getting his left hand in front of the receiver, getting inside position. Excuse me. And there's Jackson back of the end zone for an easy catch, but he was there. And that's what we've bitched about. He got the takeaway. Doesn't really matter that uh, that somebody else made the play. It's an interception. It counts. Jaquan Brisker, pretty good coverage on occasion, but both rookies, Brisker out of Penn State and Kyler Gordon, are going through the growing pains of being NFL DBs. It is not an easy transition. It is easy to look terrible. Gordon yesterday getting smoked on a 52-yard gain on third down instead of the Bears forcing another punt. Chris Moore running free across the middle. Got the Texans into the red zone, and it was their longest play of the year. (laughs) That's not good. They got to get better at that. The pass rush wasn't great yesterday either. Tight end Jordan Aikens scored his first touchdown in two years for Houston. That's right in front of Vildor to get the Texans on the board and cut the uh, cut the bear lead to just a field goal at 10-7. Damian Pierce, I think I called him Bernard Pierce a minute ago. Damian Pierce had a nice day, 20 carries, 80 yards, a long of 24 but it's it's a step up. It's an average of four yards per rush. The, the Texans on the day averaged 3.8. That's a big improvement. The Bears went into the game allowing five yards per rush. That's worse than the NFL. That was 32nd, as I told you the other day, third from the bottom were the Houston Texans. And boy, did the Bears expose that yesterday. They did because they had no choice. Matt Eberflus's grade. When I saw it live speed, I was uh, live action. I I was screaming, why isn't he taking a timeout here? Those timeouts mean nothing for you when you go into the locker room at halftime with him. He went in the locker all three timeouts. But the the drive, the Bears' last possession of the first half started, I think, at their own seven-yard line. And the way Fields had gone... It made all the sense in the world if you're the head coach to get in your OC's headset and say, look, nothing chancy here. We are not letting this kid beat us. And that's where you're at with Fields right now, sadly. I can't paint it any other way because that would be not paying attention to the damn truth. He's bad. He has been bad this year. He's gone backwards this year. But when you get the ball to the 27-yard line and you have some breathing room and there's 35, I think there were 35 seconds and the Bears just let it go tickety-tockety, clickety-clockety. You're going to you're going to go in the locker room and, and you you took no shots. You, you tried nothing at your own 27. That's that's bad football. That's bad coaching. And the Bears are being poorly coached on the special teams as well. Punt coverage yesterday was not good. Punt return, kickoff return, less than exceptional. Bad language, smoking grass, poor caddying. 
That's what you get from the Bears special team so far. Not very good. But the biggest concern is number one. It looks like, and he's got 13, 14 more weeks to prove us wrong, but it is beginning to look like the Bears again drafted an athlete instead of a quarterback. He is awe-inspiring, as graceful as he is, as smooth as he moves, but he doesn't get rid of the football early enough. He overshot receivers yesterday. The one pick, I think it was the first one. Oh my goodness. That's that's like when you're when you're playing a hundred and sixty yard par three and, and you hit four iron off the tee. Even those who can't hit a four iron are gonna airmail that into the jungle. It was a terrible ball. He threw a lot of terrible balls yesterday. His he's getting tripped up. And you know, on Getsy, move him around more. Why they want to insist on making him a drop back pocket passer is just don't. And I know you can't do it every time you're you're throwing the ball, but you're gonna get this guy running more. That's when he's most effective. And if he has to turn it up and go for the sticks on his own, he's capable of doing that. He's very good. But I think a lot of young quarterbacks who also have great running ability want to shed that label so fast they overthink it and they don't turn it upfield as willingly as they should because they're afraid they're not going to develop any respect or any credibility long-term as a passer. So that becomes the priority. 23 to 20, winners over the Texans. And the national folks, I say folks, national media now are aware and paying attention to how prehistoric this Bears offense is becoming and how little they have thrown the football with their second-year quarterback. And again, if you were watching yesterday, you don't blame Getze for taking the ball out of Fields' hands. You don't. You play with what's working until they stop it. And the Bears ran for 281 freaking yards yesterday. Why in the world would you ask Justin Fields more than his team asked him to do? It's going to be a long week for that kid who took responsibility yesterday after the game. He should. You got to talk. You're the quarterback. You're the captain. You're the face of the franchise. You can't run and hide. And he didn't. He stood up and he said, I got to be better than this. This just didn't. Breaking news. But he said he sucked and he's got a lot of things to do. And he's begun to doubt himself. And now they have the New York Giants who play tonight. Giants and Cowboys to wrap up the week. All right, let me get you around the NFL in just a second. And breaking news on the Pro Bowl, I think I'll close with that today. There is no more Pro Bowl. That just broke this morning. Adam Schefter was the first I saw it to have it just a little bit after 7 o'clock today, I think. Uh, That's a tough one for me. We'll keep it in the division. Green Bay uh, keeps their winning ways rolling. They're now 2-1. and 14-12 winners over the Buccaneers in the big game yesterday afternoon on Fox. 
Prior to the Buccaneers' last drive in the final two minutes, culminating in a touchdown and failed two-point conversion that would have forced overtime, Tampa's offense didn't do anything. No Evans, no Godwin, no real chance for the Buccaneers against the Green Bay Packers. And the Tampa defense rose to the occasion. They stopped the Green Bay running game that was so damn good last week. Aaron Rodgers, A.J. Dillon both had a dozen carries, 36 and 32 yards respectively. The Buccaneers defense has to feel okay the way they played. Rodgers completed 27 of 35, two touchdowns and a pick for 255 yards, a 103.9 rating, but not exception. Didn't have to be. He didn't have to be. Alan Lazard is a stud. You see the block on Alan Lazard. Do a search on that, number 13. And then he made a big play for a, a catch and run. And a first down right after he knocked some DB. I think it was Carlton Davis on his ass. Tom Brady with no help. 31 out of 42 for 271 yards. One touchdown. No interceptions. A rating of 98.4. One of many dissatisfying fantasy football performances yesterday. I benched Tom Brady for Joe Flacco. Oops. As bad as Brady played, he scored better than Joe Flacco. But that game is not worth the going to number two. Last thing I'll say of is Tampa Bay, terrible on third down yesterday, two out of 11. It was expected to be an offensive show. And I don't mind a good low-scoring game. This was not really that. 600 yards of offense between the two teams, Packers 14, Buccaneers 12, both teams are two and one. Keep it in the NFC North. Vikings over the Lions, 28 to 24. The Vikings stay on top in the North. They and the Packers and the Bears, all three are all two and one. Remember, the Vikings beat Green Bay uh, opening weekend. The Lions built a nice lead in this thing, but just couldn't close the door. Vikings scored 14 fourth-quarter points to pull it out, and Kirk Cousins was not intercepted. He threw two touchdown passes. He was good enough to get his team a divisional win. Dalvin Cook was a big help. 17 carries for 96 yards, an average of 5.6 yards per carry, and a touchdown, and they got contributions from the backup Alexander Madison, who comes in to spell Cook and share the load. Vikings third down defense, spectacular. Detroit just three out of 16 on third down. My love for the Lions has not waned, however. Give me Dan Campbell or give me death. In what was expected to be one of the best games of the day, the Dolphins and Bills put all of 40 points on the board, and when it was done, Miami remained clean at 3-0, 21-19 winners. I guess we can postpone the Bills Super Bowl shuffle recording, at least for a week. The Bills aren't going to play with the lead as well as they need to until they figure out how to fix their damn running game. I've been bitching about this for two years. I understand why people made Buffalo the favorite going into the year. They are incredibly potent when they are throwing the ball. 
But in this league, you throw the ball to score points. You run the ball to win games. Bills had the ball for almost 41 minutes yesterday. They were 11 out of 18 on third down, two out of three on fourth down. They kept Tua Tagliavaiola, who looked like he was going to be hurt bad early on, but he came back. They kept him off the field. That's what you do with these great quarterbacks. He threw for 469 and six TDs last week. Let's keep the football, but they can't do it by running it. Their quarterback is their best running back. Josh Allen is not going to make it to to December at this pace. He's taken way too many hits Sunday after Sunday. Eight carries, 47 yards. That's tops on Buffalo yesterday. The light in his pants, Devin Singletary. I mean that, but he's got no ass. He's not NFL bodied. Not to be a load guy. and He's not a load guy. Nine carries, one more than the quarterback. 13 yards for 26 in Buffalo colors. Zach Moss, four carries, 47 yards. To his stats, not quite as bloated as a week ago, but he didn't he didn't throw an interception. His rating was a 123.8, even though he only threw one touchdown pass. 13 out of 18 um, for, for Tua Tagliavaiola. With 186 yards, Josh Allen threw 40, 63 times yesterday. He completed 42 out of them, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and he runs the ball. Uh, pretty damn effectively. Not as as pretty as some others. We get to the Ravens quarterback in just a little bit. Man, is he fun to watch? Even though I don't think he's a great quarterback. The Rams beat the Cardinals twenty to ten. Kyler Murray no touchdown passes, and he ran twice for eight yards. Matthew Stafford did not throw a touchdown pass. Pedestrian offenses falling way short of the total. Unders and underdogs were the way to go yesterday and play your backups in fantasy football because a lot of the stars did not come out. Cam Akers and Cooper Cup each had a rushing touchdown for the Rams, but uh, Cup Cups was a rushing touchdown. I mentioned, yeah, 20-yarder. Um, not a big day for him as a receiver. Uh, Broncos over the 49ers, 11 to 10. There were 17 punts in this game. San Francisco feel, uh, fails to keep pace with the Rams. I thought there would be a, a, they would be a lot more effective than they were Sunday night. Three turnovers didn't help. Jimmy Garoppolo, Threw a pick. The Niners also lost a couple of fumbles. They had only 267 yards of offense, ran only 52 plays to Denver's 70, but Denver didn't turn it over. And the Broncos are are two and one, despite the chilly reception that greeted Russell Wilson in their narrow win over Houston last week. Man, who who's done more questionable things since last season ended? The 49ers or the Broncos? Take your pick. Kyle Shanahan, not exactly a genius. And Jimmy Garoppolo, if you step on the back end line, uh, that's a safety. You can't do that. Bengals got back in the, uh, in the win column. First time in the win column this year. 
For the defending AFC champions, Joe Burrow sacked only twice after going to the deck 13 times in weeks one and two combined. Bengals 27, the Jets 12, 275 yards, three touchdowns, no picks for last year's MVP as the Bengals move move on. Uh, to week four with their first win. Joe Flacco's bid for comeback player of the year uh, has been halted at least for a week. He had uh, no touchdowns and threw a couple of interceptions. Really glad I played him instead of Tom Brady or Matt Ryan. So since I mentioned Matt Ryan, let's get to it. The Colts maybe saved their season, and you probably say, well, are you saving your season in week three? Yeah, if they would have lost yesterday, they would have been 0-2-1. They come back and they beat the Chiefs. 20 to 7. The Chiefs had no running game. They have no running game. Clyde Edwards Hilaire yesterday had seven carries for no yards. Patrick Mahomes was the Chiefs' running game. That's Jarek McKinnon, seven carries, 20 yards. Mahomes had 26 rushing yards. That's tops on the team. Colts win 20 to 17. So the Chiefs losing and a couple of other unbeatens going down yesterday, the Buccaneers, the Bills. What are the 72 Dolphins going to do if Miami winds up being in a position to run the table? I don't think they will, but what will they do? And you have a Giants team still unbeaten before it plays its third game tonight. And, uh, and that there's one other unbeaten. The Ravens over the Patriots, 37 to 26. Lamar Jackson did something yesterday no other player has pulled off in the Super Bowl era. He is passed for three touchdowns or more and rushed for 100 yards or more in back-to-back weeks. Jackson yesterday, 218 yards passing. A rating of 110.3 with his four touchdowns, one interception. He ran for 107 yards. And Mark Andrews, your table is ready. Kelsey and Kittle get all of the love, but uh, this Ravens tight end is special, man. He's right up there. He was targeted 13 times yesterday, caught eight of them for 89 yards and two touchdowns. Mac Jones Still scuffling for the Patriots. Three picks, no touchdowns. The Ravens are 2-1, and one, and uh, both of those wins have been on the road for Baltimore. Carolina 22, New Orleans 14. Turnovers are the difference there. Saints didn't take care of the ball. Christian McCaffrey rushes for more than 100 yards. Jacksonville all over the Chargers in a beat-up Justin Herbert. Is Jacksonville going to win the AFC South? I think they were plus 1,100 at Bet Rivers at the start. They're 2-1. and one. Philadelphia is clean at 3-0. and oh. That's the other unbeaten. Philly wins 24 to I'm sorry, they beat uh, they beat Washington 24 to eight. Lost my place. Jalen Hurts making a pitch for MVP, but it's very very early, and Washington is not a very good football team. At one point, the score was 24 to two. That's a fun score. Tennessee beat the Raiders. 
Las Vegas was one out of 13 on third down, and Josh McDaniels quickly is 0-3. Seattle played Atlanta. Rumor has it the Falcons won that game 27-23. This is Pete Carroll's worst team, and I am not really that interested. I am interested in seeing the Giants and Cowboys tonight. Micah Parsons is a great player on a bad team. And the Cowboys are not a bad team defensively. They're bad at offense, even though they weren't last week against the Bengals. We'll see if Cooper Rush does it again tonight. And fortunately, we have a professional broadcast tonight because we have Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. They do Monday Night Football now. Last time I saw the Cowboys, I listened to Tony Romo. Yesterday, I stayed away from Tony Romo. The Pro Bowl is no more. Moment of silence for an event that takes a beating every year from American sports fans. It's stupid. Nobody tackles anybody. It's the rules are bad. I don't care about the Pro Bowl. Yet it outdraws NHL playoff games in the ratings game and probably outdraws baseball playoff games. As well, millions of people at least sample the Pro Bowl every year. And they screwed this up when they left Honolulu in February. Isn't it nice to see a place in the world when the sun already has gone down here in the Midwest where there are sandy beaches? The blue of the Pacific Ocean is as blue as it was in Red's dream in the Shawshank Redemption. Dreams, plural. He said it, plural. I used to love watching the Pro Bowl. I've been to a couple of Pro Bowls in Honolulu. You happy for me? You should be. It's fun. Glenn Milburn was representing the Bears in one. What was that for a throwback? They are replacing the Pro Bowl with three days of skills competition and a flag football game. Nobody could get hurt playing flag football, could they? Do you remember... Oh, boy, this is 20 years or so ago. Robert Edwards, a running back out of Georgia, who was a rookie with the Patriots and did things no other rookie had done in NFL history. I think he scored touchdowns in his first six games, if I remember. Better even than Gail Sayers. Just remarkable start to his career. And he's playing beach football at the Pro Bowl and blows out his knee. Beyond the usual ACL, it was more trauma than you usually see with a knee injury. It took him a long, long time to recover. Doctors suggested he shouldn't even think about it. It was as close to the Alex Smith. If you saw the 30-30 on Alex Smith, and if you haven't, you missed one of the best of all time, what that guy did to come back. Robert Edwards tried the same thing. He tried to come back. He did as best he could. He did get back in the league, but he he never was a fraction of what he was as a young player. So don't assume that a flag football game can't blow out somebody's knee or Achilles or a hamstring tear. If you're going to eliminate it for safety reasons, kill the whole goddamn thing. Don't tell me that this is that safe. Because it's not. But I will miss the Pro Bowl. I watched a little of it almost every year. And it's not for the game. 
It's for conversations about the game. It's played after the Super Bowl. So we already have a champion freshly crowned, and all they do is interview NFL stars all day. Why wouldn't I want to hear that? I'm in no rush to get to the NBA. Never have been. Thanks very much for listening. I'm Danny Mack, and I'll do this again on Thursday to preview the Bears' date against Brian DeBalls of Steel and the New York Giants, who I'm hoping will be 3-0 and coming into that matchup. Who have, would have ever thought the Bears and Giants collectively in Week 4 would be meeting with a, with a record of 5-1? and That's real doable. Giants tonight. Go Giants. Thanking Adam Delavitt, who is the big boss man. That's an old wrestler, isn't it? The big boss man. He's the guy at Bet Rivers who has gotten me back in the game. Thanks to Delhi, everybody at the Bet Rivers Podcast Network, and our executive producer, Sam Michael. Back Thursday with more NFL chatter. I'm Danny Mack. Thanks for listening. I'm Taillights.